Hello, and welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review podcast. This is your friendly host, Lou Rosenfeld. And I am here with two people who are actually actually just finished uh, writing a book for Rosenfeld Media. Chris Risen and Patrick Quabelbaum uh, just wrapped up Orchestrating Experiences, which is coming out May 1, goes on uh, pre-sale April 1, 2018, if you happen to be listening to this in a different year. Uh, hi, guys. I'm glad to have you here. We're glad to be here. Yeah, hi, Lou. Glad to, glad to be on. Let me introduce you both. Uh, uh, Chris is the director of uh, design for a peer-to-peer car sharing service called Get Around, and Patrick is the founder at Studio PQ, which probably has something to do with uh, his name. Uh, Studio PQ focuses on helping organizations develop emerging design practices like service design. Uh, yeah, you know, I always like to think of uh, adaptive paths as like the, the mitochondria driving the one-cell Capital One animal. They were acquired uh, in the last couple of years by Capital One, and it seems like uh, pretty much every Rosenfeld Media author is either working now at Capital One or, or, or has been at some point in the not-too-distant future. In any case, um, we wanted to talk about the book, Orchestrating Experiences, and one of the things that... Uh, you guys are really trying to address with the book is this issue of complexity. Um, you're trying to um, help uh, organizations that are trying to grapple with uh, developing products and services uh, grapple with complexity, but that can mean different things uh, in different contexts and uh, to different types of organizations. So let's start by getting at what you guys mean by complexity. Yeah, when Patrick and I started talking about writing this book, um, really about three plus years ago when we just started to talk about it, um, we were seeing a few trends come up. Besides the fact that our practice of the work we were doing was moving from just working with uh, clients with at Adaptive Path um, and helping them sort of you know, solve their problems, increasingly we were specifically tasked with not just solving their problems, but building up their competencies in thinking about design, not just for digital touch points, but thinking about design where we're connecting across their silos. And we started to realize that there were sort of three challenges, and these are sort of the three complexities that we would see. One was the complexity of the actual experience you were designing for instead of designing for a single touch point, like a call center experience or a digital product like a mobile app or a website you had to think about the whole journey that we had. So that was all of a sudden widened the, the landscape in which you're trying to tackle what made good experiences for customers or for users. And then to do that, these organizations had mandates where it's like, we're going to put a bunch of really smart people from our organization in the room from across the organization. So there's going to be operations and call center people as well as UX people and IT people. And so there was the second complexity of like, how do we work together when we all have different ways of working and maintaining our domains um, relative to our, our experience delivery? And then there was the third one that was kind of added to that where it's like, well, what are the tools we can use to actually do this, like to work together and to do that in these sort of journey-based experiences, multiple touch points, cross-channel experiences. And so the third one being like, what is our toolkit look like, a toolkit that we can share that isn't just belong to a certain type of function from uh, different parts of the org. So being able to look at more complicated experiences, more complicated journeys, being able to um, figure out uh, how we work together collaboratively when we're not used to being in the same room together cross-functionally, and then now we're in the same room, what tools do we use to solve this problem? 
And we were realizing it wasn't just large organization problems. We were realizing uh, it definitely is, but it can be a challenge for financial services and for healthcare and for government services. But we're seeing more and more even startups in the technology space have to approach this and have to approach their problems in this way because they're not just creating digital apps anymore. If you have like marketplace uh, startups like Airbnb and Uber and Lyft and increasingly other ones that are kind of crossing into the physical and digital domain, they have that same problem. We have customer service, we have digital apps, we have operations that are happening. How do we make sense of those? So those three things we were seeing span uh, small companies and large companies uh, with without that sort of blueprint or that playbook on like how to tackle that. Well, I, I love this approach because it's a synthetic approach. Uh, you're, you're basically saying, you know what? There's a lot out there in UX that, that uh, can help um, people solve these types of complex problems, but there is a lot out there in, in CX and there's also a lot in service design and you're, you're, you're taking a very post-tribal approach, which I think is great. I, the, the sort of seminal uh, founding story for Roosevelt Media is the, the blind man and the elephant, and you're, you're taking very much the, the, the thinking of, let's just worry about the elephant. Let's get those blind men talking together to, to figure out you know, what is the, the main insight here rather than focusing on what they, own, they know alone. Um, so you know, that said, um, you, you're, you've, you know, you've put a bunch of things together uh, that, um, uh, you know, maybe they're different. Maybe what a service designer does uh, and what's in a service designer's toolkit, for example, may be very different than what's in a, a CX person's toolkit. But there's also going to be overlap. You know, sometimes we have the same tools, but we use different terminology to describe them. How, how do you see... Uh, the book is as giving something new to let's say service designers versus CX people versus UX people. What what's the sort of benefit to each of those different tribes from your perspective? In in working with these with these different tribes, I think you know part of it is there is a lot more overlap than uh, people sometimes want to admit, uh, and but uh, often it's the context of the use of the tools. So for example. You know, whether you consider yourself user experience, service design, design thinking, there are a lot of common uh, approaches that, that those groups are taking. And a lot of those uh, methods date back well before these tribes existed. So, for example, we talk about uh, how might we statements and questions in the book. Um, a lot of people associate that with uh, design thinking and IDEO, but it actually dates back to the early 60s from branding. Um, and so what we, we've tried to do is pull together a collection of things that we have found helpful specifically for these complexities that Chris has been talking about. And that, yes, some of them may be unfamiliar or being used in ways that uh, someone who finds themselves uh, focusing more on say digital and calls themselves user experience versus someone who is in customer experience and may come from a marketing background. Um, so for example, um, one thing I see with uh, this, this customer experience world is um, they have been focusing a lot on the concepts of journeys. And in UX circles and service design circles, there's almost a backlash that's starting to happen about, it's, not, it's more than journey maps, it's more than making maps and focusing on the journey. 
Um, and the, the real issue isn't maps or thinking about journeys. The problem has been that uh, these groups have not been working together. So from a, a, C, a CX person would find out the book is um, this thinking that we've been doing and framing what are the journeys of customers. Um, one thing they would get out of it is there are better insights that you could be applying to uh, framing what your journey is. So getting them to use methods beyond focus groups and uh, surveys uh, and more marketing research approaches to help inform what those journeys are. And then also, it's more than just determining what the journey is. How do you actually then turn that into experiences over time? Um, and there, that's often a big barrier for customer experience professionals. For user experience professionals, for right or wrong, and having been in user experience for a very long time, in lots of organizations, user experience has started to become more and more about digital and being pushed more and more towards interfaces as what the um, user experience, say, designer is focusing on. And those of us that have been in user experience for a long time kind of find that odd uh, because we always, at least for me, I always looked at it as, no, there are systems and architectures beyond just technical that, and what is that experience that a person is having? Um, so I think what this hopefully does is a little bit for, for people from that would say their user experience is reframing and saying a lot of the things that you do or could be doing are very valuable and more invaluable beyond just the digital channel. Um, and a lot of organizations are, are building out digital teams because they, they want to become more digital. But in the end, I think the, the, the leading designers and, and roles are going to be the ones that are, are leveraging digital, but not for digital sake, but for, for creating these experiences across different channels. And then in the service design, uh, service design field, um, I think a lot of, I think the, 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 um, the advice in the book about how to really make the design process collaborative um, and use design techniques to um, not have a team that is going and figuring out what is the end experience for the organization in a silo, but actually engaging the entire organization in transformative change and uh, understanding how to um, get different groups to work together to envision end-to-end uh, -end experiences um, and, and, uh, and ultimately the operations that, that deliver them. So in, in the end, what we're, we're hoping that everyone will find some new things for their toolkit, but I think the, the overarching message is uh, that no, no one of these tribes or disciplines is going to be able to do this alone. And so we need a common language uh, to work with one another. Well, I love that. Um, I love that holistic approach. I love that uh, you're also um, very cognizant of what the different biases that each of those three perspectives brings. Uh, and and l let's face it, some of them have been pigeonholed unfairly. I mean, you've just basically outlined a, a, really, a really great counterpoint to, for UX people to make next time someone says, oh, you do UI, UX. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, um, no, it's let's take it back a level look at it from a, through a macro lens and, and, and think about all the systems uh, perspectives that need to be taken into account to, uh, to do UX alone. Um, now, you guys have, have um, 
taken that step back uh, and um, started to reframe this broad, um, uh, uh, you know, stab at, at addressing complexity around the metaphor of orchestration. Why orchestration? I think you particularly get the idea that there's a lot of moving parts. And when we talked about these uh, companies that need to put more people coordinated together, uh, more moving parts as far as touch points and channels and artifacts and people that support the experience together. The idea always kind of came back to sort of musical metaphors, right? You want to orchestrate these things. You want to these things to make sure they're working in harmony with each other. You want to think about the fact that everyone has this individual part, but that individual part has to work as a whole, uh, whether that's like a, a jazz ensemble or like a, an orchestra and a symphony. Um, so it was just, it, it, we originally had it, I mean, way back, like one of my first workshops I did probably in 2010, 2011 was around orchestrating touch points, the idea of, of doing that. So we played with that. Um, metaphor for a long time, uh, but because of the fact that simply because of the fact that there's so many moving parts now and the, those complexities arise of the fact that the, you know, whether you're looking at it through journey lens or you're looking at it through cross-functional lens, or you're looking at it through the toolkit lens is that for them to be really working well, they're not in harmony now and we want them to be in harmony. And that's literally the goal of getting into the same room with each other and getting alignment with each other through some of these tools. Um, so it just seemed to always fit that sense of things that are out of alignment, so out of harmony, and trying to orchestrate them so that everyone knows their part when it needs to be played and sort of has the, you know, the proverbial uh, music sheet that they're playing from to guide them. Well, it's a great metaphor. You know, you, you mentioned getting people in the room. Uh, that's often your opportunity to to do that orchestration. One of the things I really like about the book is you guys have actually put together uh, a number of workshops to help once you have the people in the room in very concrete and pragmatic ways. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the examples of workshops that you provide in the book? Yeah, w workshops, and and we and I think they'll they'll hopefully there's some really good advice about the workshops and how to do them in different contexts. But the the idea behind them was, yeah, this is a a team sport, um, and uh, organizations need uh, and time is short in organizations. So you know, how can you effectively with clear objectives and methods that um, have been tested? Uh, try to um, work with a group of people where they leave the room uh, knowing that the time was well spent and it's, it's moved the problem that you're, you're trying to solve, it's moved the process forward. Um, and so what we've, we've suggested in the, uh, the book, we've given examples of um, a handful of workshops that could be used at different stages of um, the design process from um, exploring um, what is the landscape that you're dealing with? What's the problem space? Um, and then uh, through um, uh, doing effective uh, idea generation that uh, doesn't turn into groupthink, but also um, leverages all of the different perspectives and uh, experiences of the people that in the, in the organization that could, um, you never know what a good idea is, is gonna happen, but also it helps you connect uh, good ideas uh, from across the, the organization. So for example, uh, there's uh, workshops on, one workshop on uh, how do you uh, 
how do you take a group of people that all have a stake in uh, making improvements to a service or a product and get them on the same page about what, what really are the opportunities that we have uh, where, where an intervention, either optimizing what you have today or creating a completely new product or service, um, can add more value for, um, uh, for you know, customers, employees, the business. Um, and so in that workshop, it, it, it gives examples of, well, how do you um, bring those people into the room and take them through exercises in which you um, codify these are the things that we should be solving for and that we are documenting those uh, so that they are questions that we need to answer. And there could be many different answers to those questions, uh, many different solutions, um, but we're not embedding a solution into the question so that, that uh, we're jumping to um, the first idea that someone came up with or that they saw some competitor doing. Um, and so, it's an example of where we provide approaches and there's often options within the workshops. So if you could approach it this way, you could approach it that way. Um, but it gives you a good starting point, uh, the reader a good starting point to um, take it, adapt it, test it out, and then eventually come up with um, uh, versions that work within their culture that reach the, uh, the same objectives. Um, and we, and paired with the workshops, there's a lot of the why behind, well, why these methods and why, why do you need to even go through the step? So we try to balance in the book, the theory uh, behind why these things are valuable and then you know, practical, practical examples. And then also a, Hey, if you want to start this, this is a, this is a good starting point. If you want to try this type of workshop. I'd like to chime in. I'd like to think that if you got uh, Kevin Hoffman's on design meetings, and got our book that, uh, that has the playbook on these collaborative um, workshops and working sessions, you'd pretty much have all the superpowers you'd need anytime you schedule uh, multiple people to be in a room. I agree, uh, although um, I'll throw in one more book. Uh, I wish we'd published it, Game Storming. And, and then I really yeah. think you're set. Uh, but uh, guys, I, I think orchestrating experiences is really going to be just like this incredibly valuable um, package of expertise and, and wisdom for people that really are, you know, trying to uh, untangle these really complicated messes that, that just involve a lot of people. They really do need orchestration. The blind men do need some help to actually have that conversation and figure out the what and why of the, the big challenges uh, to really understand the elephant. Um, before we sign off, uh, anything else you want to add? What I'd like to add is, um, you know, the book is intentionally um, it, it paints a narrative of some approaches to take. But I think the the most important um, the most important thing to keep in mind is, if especially if you're if you're really invested in an organization and and helping to change uh, how it operates in terms of approaching experiences really as cutting across the different groups, the groups that support these experiences, that they really work better together. This is a goal that you'll read from business strategy and business literature as well. Like CEOs are being told you need to make your companies more collaborative. Um, so this fits into what I think is a, is a, a trend where it can be well received in organizations, but I, I would, uh, uh, remember, I would 
say for everyone, anyone that picks this book up, remember that it's a, it's a, a journey, <laughs> uh, uh, pun intended, but it, uh, it's a journey, not a quick fix. So you can pick this up and immediately put some tools into practice. But if you're really interested in making big change in your organization, uh, this is a, uh, I think this will be very helpful um, in bringing together like-minded collaborators from different disciplines in your company who know that you, we need to be working better together towards the end of delivering better experiences for customers and for employees. And so um, that long, uh, the lens on that long game of what really uh, change can be an organization is, I think, uh, it's something that hopefully will keep us relevant to your career for a while. Excellent. And I really like the fact that you're you're positioning it for people in uh, management roles uh, and leadership roles, certainly some value for them. How about you, Chris? You know, I'd echo a little bit what, what uh, Patrick has said. I'd, I'd just highlight that, um, you know, two, a couple of our biggest fears when we, we you know, putting it down and we realized that we, we were rich in content, which was great, was that, uh, that people would think that it's being prescriptive and that it was usurping or sort of replacing other tools in the toolkit. So I just want you know, like to make sure people go in, reading the book, realizing like we sort of painted this big picture of how all this stuff can work together. And, you know, Patrick highlighted like the journey and how it can like kind of take you over time um, from sort of that empathy standpoint to that iteration standpoint, as well as that organizational change standpoint. Uh, but really, you know, you're going to find out whether you're a smaller organization or a larger organization in a domain that's more purely service or a domain that is more complicated, but still kind of maybe tech based of how you need to adapt what's in the book uh, for you. There's a lot of areas we could have gone in around executing some of this stuff, whether that is certain processes on operations or certain implementation stuff like agile and lean UX. But we just thought then all of a sudden we'd be losing, uh, you know, some of the focus on making it broadly applicable for people to adapt in their specific situations. And a lot of these tools, these tools or methods are going to complement the ones that you might already do in service design, where you're doing things like service blueprints or in UX design, where you might have personas and task flows. Um, so just keeping that in mind that there's a, there's a wealth of information there and uh, we're, we're, we're relying on the people to understand like, how will this, uh, how will I adapt this uh, for my context? And we're actually, I say it not just, you know, as a qualifier, but I actually am hoping to hear stories about how they remixed something that they did in the book, or they did something in sort of different steps, and so that we can constantly do it. We've learned a lot from the work we've done with clients, but Patrick and I have also taught a lot, and probably a lot, almost at least half of what informs us is what we hear from uh, either students or workshop participants about how they are trying to do something in their organization or how they did something in their organization and to make it work, they did that. So I'm really hoping the book isn't so prescriptive that people think I have to do it exactly the way it's in the book because I'm really hoping to hear the stories about how people said, well, I kind of did that, but I remixed it a little bit and this is how it was really effective in our organization. Well, thank you both for uh, making the, the, the time to talk today and, and more importantly, uh, being out there, teaching, consulting, and, and working with other people to pull together so much of this really great information uh, and synthesize it from, from all these different sources, customer experience, UX, and service design. It's not an easy thing to do, but uh, 
you guys did it. Chris Risden, Patrick Quattlebaum's book is coming out uh, May 1, 2018, Orchestrating Experiences. Guys, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Luke. Couldn't have done it without you, of course. Of Thanks, Luke.